Is this who the San Francisco Giants are? Are they a three true outcomes team, a team that just strikes out, walks, or hits homers? Maybe, but also maybe not. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Giants, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, so check us out there if you have not already ready. And please hit that subscribe button if you are watching on YouTube. And coming up on today's show, the Giants are about to get underway later today for the home opener playing the Royals. And we're going to get to some mailbag questions. We addressed the Giants home run barrage and their awesome series in uh, Chicago on yesterday's episode. So if you want more about that, check that out. But getting right into the mailbag questions, James says, is our roster built as a three true outcomes team? Even though it's early, it seems like the stats would suggest that. And certainly the stats through six games do suggest that, uh, given that the Giants are second in the league in strikeout rate in terms of meaning second worst, second highest strikeout rate. They are third in the league in walk rate, and they're leading the major leagues in homers. And so, so far, that is what it has looked like. But I wouldn't necessarily say that they're built that way. And I think that specifically, you're not going to see quite this many home runs and you're not going to see quite this many strikeouts. And so, as I said the other day, when their strikeout rate was 37% after a few games, I said that number is just not going to last. It's going to come down. And then going into before yesterday's game, it was like 32%. And I will continue to say that number was not going to stay that high and it's going to come down. And now it's down to 28.5%. And so I think it's just going to continue to trickle downwards and it's going to be more normal. It's just not, it's too early to kind of make those grand declarations about this is who they are. And so actually I'm looking at strikeout rate since 2020 because things changed in 2020 when the Giants you know, brought in an an entirely new coaching staff and their hitting philosophy kind of changed a bit. They started hitting for a lot more power. Not a coincidence. They started being a better team, basically, and they started scoring more runs. Like a lot of people sleep on the fact that the Giants are a top five home run hitting team since the start of 2020. But anyway, the Giants strikeout rate since 2020 is 23.6%, which is the 13th highest. So it's right around in the middle. So what did I say? 23.6. And the league average uh, over that span is, well, it doesn't combine them, but league average every year since 2020 is around 22.5% to 23.5%. So around 23% and the Giants at whatever I said, 236 And so It's looked that way so far, but I would just continue to expect, especially now that you're not facing some really, like they faced Garrett Cole and Dylan Cease, two of the like premier strikeout pitchers in the game during this 
you know, sample of only six games. They did have some games like when they were facing the rookie Yankees pitcher. They had no business striking out as often as they did against that guy, but that's baseball. That happens sometimes. And so I wouldn't I wouldn't jump to that conclusion right now. And they have plenty of guys who are not strikeout hitters, like Tyro Estrada is not a guy who strikes out a ton. Lamont Wade Jr. is not a guy who's going to strike out a ton. Wilmer Flores is going to have a very low strikeout rate. Michael Conforto and Jock Peterson are kind of skewing the strikeout numbers, each striking out about 40% of the time. And that is just 100% not going to last. They both have career strikeout rates around 24%. As I just mentioned, that's close to league average. The thing is, if if they end up being worse than average, in terms of striking out, it'll be like league average is 23% and the Giants are like 24.5%. It's not going to be this huge disparity like we saw in the first several days. And so, yeah, I'm just not too worried about it. But the walks and the homers you'll take and and they are built around being a team that is really disciplined at the plate. This is like a lot of what we saw in 2021. And that's kind of what I'm seeing trend wise so far is that they've started laying off balls and swinging at strikes and doing damage when they're making those swings. And so I think in terms of hitting homers, drawing walks. Yeah. But, but the strikeout rate is not going to stay that high. So I kind of, it remains to be seen to some extent, but let's not worry. Let's talk in a month. At the end of the, at the end of April, let's see where these numbers are, and I guarantee you the strikeout rate is going to be way more under control than it was through the first six games. When hey, they are tied for the league lead in runs scored in the league and in the National League, and so it hasn't. It's been up and down, but it's not like this is some kind of horrible strategy. Even if this was just who they were, because. You would expect more consistency. There's no nothing about that like leads to just you're guaranteed just half your half the time get shut out and half the time score ten plus runs. That's just kind of how it's gone. And if the strikeouts are are necessary to hit all the homers they hit, it's a trade off that's worthwhile. Except not quite at that high of a rate. But like I said, that's not going to continue. So the next question coming from. San Francisco Giants, France, who says, is there any chance to see Gary Sanchez in the major league roster? And I would say 100% there's a chance. There's definitely a chance, and it's probably a high chance. Gary Sanchez, they signed him to a minor league contract. Somebody somewhere asked, what is a minor league contract? And it just means they're not on the 40-man roster. And so he's, you know, he he wasn't signed all offseason. And so he's reported to the spring training facility in Scottsdale uh, at Papago Park. And he's kind of, you know, building up and then he's going to get sent to an affiliate, probably AAA. And he's got this opt out of May 1st. And so if he's not in the major leagues by May 1st, he can just depart the organization. And so I think the Giants are going to the the likely outcome is that Gary Sanchez is going to be on the Giants at some point before the 1st of May. And it remains to be seen who's kind of left out of the equation. Joey Bart currently hurt, but on on the mend, Blake Sable has to prove himself as a Rule 5 pick. He kind of was scuffling at the plate, except yesterday he had a home run, his first career home run, and a couple singles, I think, on top of it. And Roberto Perez has done, you know, as advertised defensively, just been a really solid and good catcher behind the plate. And so uh, 
it's kind of crowded, but I do think they want to give Gary Sanchez a look. And my guess would be that Joey Bart ends up the odd man out and he's going to have to prove himself when he comes back from his rehab assignment. Uh, he's going to basically have whatever it is, like three weeks to prove that he's not a guy who's just going to K 45% of the time, which we saw over long stretches in 2022. So anyway, coming up in just a minute, did the Giants make a mistake letting go of Jason Vossler, who's already had some huge moments for the Cincinnati Reds, and Vossler played really well for the Giants at times in the major leagues last year. So we'll get to that question and many more in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by So Rare. Our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 major league teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. So Rare recently partnered with MLB All-Stars Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez to serve as brand ambassadors. Head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's S-O-R-A-R-E dot com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. All right, as promised, more questions and answers. The next one coming from Robert, who says, do you think the Giants made a mistake letting go of Jason Vossler? I always liked him and he's tearing it up now that he has a full-time chance at being on the roster. Do you think he could have had the same success here or was the change of scenery needed? So it's an interesting question. Jason Vossler was definitely an interesting guy, despite the fact that he was very much like a part-time player for the Giants. He... uh goes to the Cincinnati Reds. And the thing is, though, we are talking about a five-game sample for Jason Vossler. And so when we say, okay, now he's tearing it up, now that he's uh, with the Reds, it's too early to to say that that means anything, really. But like, what was so interesting about Jason Vossler is that last year in the major leagues, 111 plate appearances with the Giants wasn't nothing. 36 games played with the San Francisco Giants. He hit 365, 342 on base, 469 slugging, a 127 weighted runs created plus. So he was like good in the majors. But what was so weird was that he was way below average when he was in the minors. So it was a very strange season. And that spanned, you know, 400 minor league uh, plate appearances in AAA last year. And so do I think they made a mistake letting him go? I don't think so. I think that with Isan Diaz and Brett Wisely, they probably have uh, something similar in these guys. And and it's just a five game 15 plate appearance sample for Vossler he has hit three homers and so it remains to be seen I when I was originally going to answer this question my uh what I was going to say was that I thought he was out of minor league options and that it just meant like he would have to be on the team and that wasn't going to work but according to what I'm looking at now he does have a minor league option and so 
Maybe that's wrong and that he actually doesn't. If he's out of options, then it didn't, it would make sense to kind of replace him with guys like Brett Wisely, who are maybe similar type of players who have option years remaining, because otherwise you're just forced to have them in the major leagues. And that's not ideal when you're just kind of a role player. But I don't know. I think Vossler, he showed improvement defensively. I, I thought he was a solid player. It was a little weird how they kind of didn't give him more opportunities. But I also think that based on, I'm not going to think that he's now become a star based on five games in which he's done well with the Reds. But I wish him nothing but the best. I liked him and it is a very good ballpark for any hitter in Cincinnati. So we'll see. Check back again. Let's check back in a month on Vossler. Next question from Hayden, who says, who's the first player to go once Slater, Hanniger, and Jackson are back and we are carrying 13 pitchers? And then I think this one is related. John says, when Bart, Hanniger, and Slater return, it's almost certain that Beatty goes down. Who are the other players, other two players you project to be removed from the 26-man roster? And so you both, you're not both talking about the same guys. Bart, gets mentioned by John, Slater and Hanniger are mentioned by both, and then Luke Jackson is mentioned by Hayden. And so they have a lot of guys who will eventually come back. And it, you know, by the time like Luke Jackson comes back, who's on the 60-day injured list, for all we know, a lot has changed with uh, who's healthy and who's performing. And so it's a little early to make those predictions. But with like Slater and Hanniger and Bart, I'll kind of I'll, I'll kind of focus on the John uh, the way John asked the question, when Bart, Hanniger, and Slater return, it's almost certain that Beatty goes down. Who are the other two? And so, yeah, I would agree with you 100% that Matt Beatty, that odd trade of Matt Beatty, ultimately, I think, is kind of savvy because Bryce Johnson and Sean Jelly ended up on the Major League roster like a day later. And so it wasn't really that big of a deal. I get it. Like, opening day matters, and they weren't on that roster, and maybe that was upsetting to them and to some fans. But at the same time, you acquire a player in Beatty who has a track record of being a solid bat. And what's nice about Beatty is he he can be optioned. And so as John says, like he get he can get sent down and you get to keep him in your organization as nice depth. But who are the other two when Bart, Hanniger, and Slater return? And so, uh, good question. I think that Bryce Johnson is kind of an obvious call to me. Uh, you know, a lot of people were down on Mike Yastrzemski based on his spring, but it has not translated at all to early season struggles. Certainly, not every hitter is going to look good on every swing and every at-bat that they have, but on the whole, Mike Yastrzemski has hit well to start the season. He's hitting 240, which is about league average, by the way, 296 on base, which is below average, but a 600 slugging, a 360 isolated power. He's made some nice plays in center field, threw a guy out at the plate. And so there's no reason you're going to like keep Johnson over Yastrzemski. That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, and then beyond that, Bryce Johnson, I would imagine that it's a pitcher because right now they're carrying 14 pitchers. And that was kind of mentioned in Hayden's question. So I would say that Bryce Johnson and probably... Sean Jelly are the two who would go once uh, Bart Hanniger and Slater return. So Beatty, Bryce Johnson, and Sean Jelly, those would be my guesses there. And 
Luke Jackson is just too far out. He's he's at least two months away from returning. So it a lot could have and probably will have changed by the time he's back. So anyway, the next question, and by the way, that would leave them with a lot of catchers with Bart and Perez and Sable. So Sable's a guy who will always be on the bubble. If he's not performing, he becomes a candidate to get knocked off the roster. And so it's going to be a really important stretch of a few weeks for those three, Sable, Bart, and Roberto Perez, who I think is the most safe, really Sable and Bart. Uh, Because if one of them just like really struggles, you're going to see Gary Sanchez. And I think, I think it's probably Bart who ends up getting sent down. So we'll see. That's going to be fascinating. Next question comes from Arson Judge, who says, Joe Adele for Joey Bart? Both guys could probably use a change of scenery. And Arson Judge, I've thought about this myself uh, as a very logical kind of change of scenery swap of two guys who were considered top prospects and thus far have been, uh, I don't want to say busts, but frankly, they kind of have been busts so far. And the reason, unfortunately, that this doesn't make sense is that the Angels don't really need Joey Bart. I think it makes total sense, like the Giants just taking on a Joe Adele, who was literally considered like one of the very best prospects in the game not long ago, but has totally not been good at the major league level. It's kind of a why not situation from the Giants perspective, especially if they like what they have in Roberto Perez and Sable and Gary Sanchez and Austin wins. That's that's actually a pretty solid mix in my opinion. But the issue is the Angels have a really good kind of catching prospect who's in the major leagues right now because they're uh, one of their catchers, Max Stassi, is on the injured list with hip discomfort. But I actually don't yet know how to pronounce this guy's name. Logan Ohop, I think. O apostrophe H-O-P-P-E. Ohop. Logan Ohop uh, is a good prospect. And he's made his major league debut. And so they just don't really have a need for Joey Bart. And so I don't think it, it works. But like in a vacuum... It makes sense. And if you could find another guy who's like Joe Adele, just kind of a swap, because the Giants suddenly, they may think they've got pretty decent catching options and that Bart is kind of expendable. And they've got Patrick Bailey coming too. And so Joey Bart's future is very much up in the air. And something like this could definitely happen. I just don't think it'll be for Adele because of what I just said. So the next question comes from Brian, who asks about how much leeway does a Rule 5 pick like Sable have? And also, what is Joey Bart's strikeout rate going to have to be in order for him to stick around on this Major League roster? So we'll get to those two questions and more in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use, and then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. I have been tracking closely the Golden State Warriors championship odds, and, you know, not long ago their odds were not looking so good, and those odds have moved up as time has gone on. And so it's something I would uh, definitely check out if you're feeling high on the Warriors. And also, now's the time you could start betting on baseball again. Very exciting. So uh, don't miss the chance 
to get your no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, as promised, we are going to get to more questions and answers. The next one, we've got a lot, and so I'm going to not get to all of these today, and I'm going to get to more as the days go on here. A lot of good ones that I won't be able to get to today. So if you have a question, don't worry, I'll probably get to it later. But uh, Brian says, how much leeway does a Rule 5 pick like Sable have? Or in other words, how long does he have to get the bat going before the Giants would send him back to the Pirates? And so... This question, I believe, was asked before he hit a homer and had two singles in yesterday's game. And so I think about Connor Joe in 2019. He didn't have a lot of leeway. And Farhan Zaidi has said this, and I I would have probably said it myself anyway. But the fact that he said it means it's obviously how he sees it. That basically with a Rule 5 pick, did he say there were like three possibilities, three ways for them to stick on the roster? Number one is that they perform. Number two is that... Uh, the team is winning, and so there's you kind of can ignore if the player is struggling. And number three, there was something else. But basically, uh, with Connor Joe, he didn't have the luxury of sticking around because the team wasn't winning and he wasn't performing. And so they had to make a move there, and the fans were not happy with that whole situation. But I believe in this specific case, basically the Gary Sanchez opt-out is an important deadline. Like if Sable just goes into a huge slump from now uh, through the end of April, I mean, even by then they might have had to cut ties. But so far, Sable's done an admirable job and being able to be a backup catcher. I mean, is he really? That's the thing is like you've got outfielders coming back eventually with Hanniger and Slater. And so uh, Sable's been your everyday left fielder Pretty much. They haven't, I don't think, faced a lefty starter. He won't probably start in the outfield against a lefty starter. But if you've got Hanniger out there and Conforto out there and Yastrzemski, Sable's suddenly a backup catcher. And suddenly, if you've got Perez and you've got Bart back and you've got Gary Sanchez waiting, it's going to be tough to, to keep him around. And so he's, I would say that that Gary Sanchez may first they'll probably give him a lot of looks between now and then. And if he's still doing well and Bart's struggling, I could possibly see them finding a way to keep him around. But it's it gets a little tight with uh, if he's not your left fielder because you've got Hanniger and Conforto and uh, Yastrzemski. And so it's not like three months. It's not like one week. But it's I would say probably the rest of April is an important period of time for Blake Sable. Next question from Scott, who says, when when is Joey Bart eligible to return from the injured list and what strikeout percentage will he need to get to keep his roster spot? And so Joey Bart is eligible to come back. Uh, I'm actually going to have to pull that one up for you. His uh, stint on the injured list is retro was retroactive to the 30th of March. And so he's coming up on when he would be eligible to return. It's just a 10 day thing. And so uh, pretty soon, I think like he, he won't be back by the time he's eligible because what we heard today is that Gabe Kapler uh, said that he's about to, he's doing well and he's going to start a rehab assignment, probably play a couple of games in AAA and then be ready to come back. So uh, 
I don't know exactly what 10 days is from March 30th, but it's already April 7th and there were 31 days in March. And so he's eligible to come back in the next like two days or so, I think. Uh, But he'll probably need a little more time than that. So I would imagine, you know, he'll probably be back in like within towards the end of the homestand in the second in the Dodger series would probably be my guess as to when he comes back. And then in terms of what strikeout rate does he need to be at? Uh, in order to keep his spot? It's a good question. I mean, I would say it's pretty highly correlated. His chances of sticking around and his strikeout rate are pretty highly correlated. And so ideally, I mean, he's under 30%, but in his career, he's at 38%. So you talk about the Giants' high strikeout rate, which is 29-something percent, which is 29th in the league, and Joey Bart's career is at 38%. And he's not three true outcomes because he doesn't walk a lot and he hasn't hit for a lot of power. So it's like the one true outcome of striking out. Uh, I would say it's got to be under 33%. If it's 33 plus, then it's probably just not going to work. But if he can get it under 33, even anything over 30 is a little high. David VR kind of lives in that range where he's like over 30, but under 33 and he makes it work. Uh, so I think that that would be kind of the number that I'll throw out there is 33%. Anyway, let's see. The next question comes from Anime Consumerism, who says, do you think David VR is being slept on career 125 OPS plus in the majors, but it feels like he's not appreciated by a lot of fans? I think a hundred percent, like there was all this conversation about, um, Casey Schmidt should be on the opening day roster, like at third base and not David VR. And that didn't make any sense to me because all David VR has done is completely dominated in double A, completely dominated in triple A. And now in a 58 game sample in the major leagues, he's been about 30% above average. I think that this question was asked before he continued to hit the ball well in this White Sox series. So the 236 batting average is not great, but also keep in mind the league average over the last couple years is like 242. And so 236 is actually about average. It's a little worse than average, but I think that a lot of people see 236 and think it's like 50 points below average. Well, it's actually uh, six points below average, but a 338 on base because he walks 10.1% walk rate, 472 slugging. Get this. I mean, he's hit 11 homers in 207 plate appearances, whereas Joey Bart has, I believe, also hit 11 homers in his career, but it's taken 408 plate appearances. So almost uh, half as many plate appearances for VR to get to those 11 homers versus Bart. And so, yeah, and his defense has been solid to start the year. He kind of makes some throws that you know, he throws from the side, kind of slings it over that potentially could lead to some trouble, but he's totally being slept on. Like all he's done is perform. He's not the flashiest. He was never a top prospect, but all he's done is perform. And so, I mean, he's hitting third today in the home opener and he's 26 years old and he's impressed me. And so he deserves this opportunity. If he struggles, you've got, you know, Casey Schmidt as a really good prospect continuing to develop in the minors this is not a knock on Casey Schmidt at all it's just like this guy deserves this opportunity a hundred percent and he's taken it and run with it I mean this season obviously a small sample but VR's hitting 273 385 on base and 591 slugging he's just been good 
And so we'll see if it continues. Small sample size early. He's only played 58 career games, but so far so good for David VR. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked on Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy strategies. Find Locked on Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot, so thank you so much in advance, and thank you to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again on Monday. We'll have three more baseball games to talk about. Hopefully the Giants are able to take care of the Royals. Nothing is ever guaranteed in this game, but this is a team you should be able to win a series against. But again, no guarantees. It's baseball. Weird things happen all the time. So anyway, have a great weekend. Can't wait to be with you again on Monday. You are now Locked on Giants.